following program is rated NAL. It contains strong language. It is intended only for mature audiences. This week on the Five Minute Warning. Mongo Cowboys to all the fastest women from the 80s. What are the odds? And I was just about to point that out. Yes, like all those track and field records that were set in the 80s are still there. Although every other form of evolution shows that the athletes are bigger, faster, and stronger now, somehow all of those track and field records are from the 80s. Nah, I'm sure they weren't using steroids. everything and nothing at all that's everywhere you don't want to be it's Ruben Mo B and on the ones and twos AG the five minute warning what's going on everybody it's your boy Ruben back in the house Oh, man, I am so glad to be here. Man, we've been gone for two weeks. So much has happened. And we'll get to a little bit today. But, hey, unfortunately, AG will not be with us today. And Moby will be with us shortly. So, I guess you just got to deal with me until, you know, Moby show up. And then you can sit back and laugh at Moby. So, I mean, it's been two weeks. Hope everybody had a great 4th of July. I know all the cookouts were just off the chain and stuff like that. Even the one I went to at my uncle's house was off the chain too. So shout out to anybody who had a cookout, who went to a cookout, or just felt like cooking out themselves. You know, because even though, you know, it's hotter than fish grease, it is time for cooking out. Yes, time like this, we should definitely be inside because it's 9 o'clock and nobody wants to be outside at 9 o'clock. But real talk, nobody wants to be outside at 1 o'clock either, depending on what's going on. So definitely, you know, keep up all that. You know, summer's just, for some people, summer's just starting. You know, for teachers, some people have been out for the last, you know, two, three weeks. Others don't really get a summer off, so they got to take vacation and pay these highest prices to travel places. So... You know, we got that. And of course, you know, I would be remiss if I don't bring up, you know, during this break, I celebrated the big 5-0. Yes, the boy with the baby face is Fitty. So, shout out to me because why the hell not? Shout me out. It's beautiful. You know, 50 feels just like 49 and 49 feels like 48. However, we can't go back doing that too long. Because in the grand scheme of things, eventually, you know, six can't be like five. But we're not going back that far. So, you know, but shout out to everybody. Like I said, we've been gone for two weeks. We missed all of y'all. And we're back, you know. We're back to, to start this off. And guess what? We're like three months away from four years. And we're three months away from number 200. Right now, as you can tell, we're on episode 185. Wow, 15 episodes puts us around the holidays, you know. 
at least our holiday per se, which is in October. So October is going to be a little crazy for us. And we're excited. We're excited for y'all to be here. But once again, Moby's running a little late. So I got some shit that I need to get off my chest. So first of all, the Supreme Court. I mean, really? Thanks for letting us know that you're not for the people. Alright? Because all the stuff you do ain't for me. None of that shit's for me. That's for everybody else. Everybody getting paid. And look, man, normally I would never do this, but and usually Moby will be here and we'll talk about it when he gets here. But I'm going to take my time because... Clarence Thomas, really dumb. Really. So, you grew up and got everything for you, you know, because, hey, affirmative action worked for you, you know? Because let's be real, there weren't a lot of black judges back in the day, much less thinking about the Supreme Court. I mean, and you up there, and you want to take affirmative action from everybody now look some people will sit here and say we don't need affirmative action and I'll sit here and say because in the grand scheme of things if you take away affirmative action you're sitting here and telling me that everything's a level playing field which it ain't let's just be real it ain't and then on top of that man like you are you because of all this stuff I mean yeah Moco Cowboy I mean <laughs> I gotta put it up here a boomer lifted up the ladder after them come on man like this cat's been doing this shit for years and I mean bro like you even talk about wanting to get rid of Loving versus Virginia back in the day bro really like Look, man, we don't need to get personal, but last time I checked, your wife ain't black. And, like, that affects you, too. So, I just, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. We're here for you lifting people up, you know, or at least making it, you know, an equal playing field. But we can't even do that, man, because... MFers out here ain't doing the shit they supposed to do, man. And I'm annoyed very much at that guy. I mean, bruh, like, really? Like, ah, oh, it's, it's so alarming. It's so alarming. And then, you know, Tim Scott, look, man, he said he's a Republican. I don't know what he is, but he's talking... Well, you know, he, he he's talking some stuff. Some of it's listenable. Most of it ain't. But some of it's listenable. Such as, he's like, well, if we're going to get rid of affirmative action, we need to get rid of legacy. Okay, that's listenable. I can listen to that. You know? But, um, you know, I heard someone talking about one of the, um, I, I don't remember his name, but one of the presidents of, of HBCU is like, yo, this is our chance. You know, basically, they're saying that, hey, man, 
we're not doing that no more. So as a as a HBCU, we need to reach out more to get our people in our schools. And you know what? I ain't mad at that. And because somebody also said, hey, you know, you don't want to keep affirmative action and stuff in colleges and stuff like that. Well, you'll need our black athletes. And you know what? I understand that too. Because in the grand scheme of things, you know, they right. Because if you're not trying to keep it fair for everybody, you know, what makes you think that you can go to Duke and just be like, yeah, we made it fair for Duke, we, but we try to get all these black athletes to bring us a national championship. Or even worse, Alabama. I mean, come on. As Mo B just, just joined us today, I mean, he's protecting his little area, you know, to keep the, for Florida out. But, I mean, look, affirmative action gone. Why go there? You know? What's going on, Mo B? Not much, man. I mean, you know, just... Just, you know, talk to the people. It's been a couple weeks. You know, glad to see you and stuff. And I, I just, yeah, I shouldn't have done it, man. But I got on my Clarence Thomas tirade, man, because that dude's a clown. That dude's interesting, man. I'm telling you, if you, you need to you need to listen to that documentary thing on Slow Burn about him, man. He's, he's an interesting character, man. I mean, you know, Moco Cowboy brought it up earlier. You know, he lifted up the ladder that he used to get up top. So nobody else, so he can be the only one up there. And I'm just like, dude's crazy, man. But I know you and I have had plenty of conversations about that cat. You know, he, he thinks he's, he's, you know, he thinks that he can go to their cookout and our cookout. But I mean, clearly he's not coming to our cookout. Hey, hey, bro, I used to think that, man, until, until I actually started, like, listening to the documentary, man. I got a whole different view of him, man. I don't. I don't think he is I don't think he's tap dancing for white folk like I thought he was man honestly I think he just hates niggas I just think I think I think, <laughs> I, I think he hates his own blackness and not because he hates his blackness I think he hates what he, he represents yeah, he he actually has believed all of the things the white conservative people have said. Like he takes offense to anyone that says that he got where he is because of affirmative action. And that's that's why he wants to get rid of affirmative action because he feels like all his life he's been told that he didn't get anything. He got everything he got because he was black. And the truth of the matter is it's true but the thing is it it doesn't mean he wasn't necessarily qualified for some of the things he got correct correct but the only reason he was the only reason they get the only reason bush gave him the the head of the equal employment opportunity because he was black the only reason he was considered for supreme court justice because thurgood marshall just retired and conservatives like hey how can we get a conservative dude up there and still not look like we hate black people Let's let's find the one black dude that says all the things we like to hear yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said you're right. He he basically just moved the ladder that allowed him to get there, and now he looks down at the rest of the black people and is just like, "Hey, I made it without help." You and then everybody looks at him like, "The fuck?" <laughs> no, no. Basically, everybody looks at him with the appropriate response: "Negro, please." 
Very like, true. like 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 until he met his white wife he was totally against interracial marriage on public public record saying he was totally against you know interracial marriage then he found himself his white queen and he was just like hey man this interracial marriage shit i don't want none of y'all niggas to do it but uh <laughs> that shit worked for me <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I talked about how you wanted to get rid of Loving versus Virginia, and I'm just like, so if you get rid of that, do you think they'll let you keep yours? Like, yeah, because he's special. Mm. Like, th- there's a certain level of narcissism and self-hatred and and just sadness that exists with him. And I mean, and I guess the reason I was always so interested in him is because I'm from Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. He grew up in Pinpoint, Georgia, which is like 20 miles, 30 miles south of Savannah. And I mean, all like when he was about to be elected Supreme Court, you know, I'm in elementary school and, you know, all of my white teachers are just looking at me like, hey, this is a great thing. We got another black Supreme Court justice. And, you know, me seven, eight at the time, I'm thinking, if you say so, I mean, he's black. I mean, and I always wondered why all my older family members was like, yeah, he black, but <laughs> I mean, black on the outside. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like we we want to support him, but <sighs> he ain't moving right. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of like the whole um, you know, in front of white people, we'll be like, yeah, but at the barbershop, we was like, man, fuck that. All except for one, because you always gonna have one guy in there talking about what well, the NAACP, man, he's doing it for us. Yo, the NAACP didn't even necessarily want to back him as Supreme Court justice. Oh yeah, they were in a hard spot because they was like, I mean, we we for the betterment of black people, and so it'd be weird if we didn't endorse you. But, but at the same time, you why would we endorse you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that whole that whole thing is insane, and it's yeah it's just it's craziness, man. Up there, the Supreme Court. I mean, I I don't know, man. I'm just hey, man, all I know is his his white wife is happy. Well, oh, he's happy. Yeah, but he he happy because his white queen happy. So if she happy. You know, now, now if he could have just found a way to get this election overturned because she was his wife was uh, the main this election was stolen people. Oh yeah. For for all y'all who don't know, like Clarence Thomas's wife was beating that drum down. She was willing to die on that hill, and that nigga was willing to die next to his queen. I mean, I guess when he got married, you you kind of sign up for that shit. Like, like honestly, black women, like you want a Clarence Thomas on your side, and the reason okay. I say that is because look, if black men supported their black queens the way he he has stood by his white woman, I think y'all black women would be happy with us. But at the same time, sometimes you're just not su- supposed to support stupid. Yeah. Do you know his wife had the audacity to one of those women who accused him of um, the sexual misconduct? Yeah. He left a message on her voicemail like 10 years later asking for her to apologize publicly to her husband. What the fuck was she supposed to apologize for? Man. Left a voicemail. Like, they played the voicemail in the documentary and I'm just like, holy shit. Like, that why? Look, 
black women if you like hey why do some of these black men go to white women that's some support for your ass I mean, that's some support for your ass that his white woman was like yeah my husband probably was wrong but you know what I'm still gonna ride with this nigga I'm gonna ride with him so much I'm gonna call victims and tell them they should publicly apologize to my <laughs> husband I mean yes even though there's several women that worked at the equal employment opportunity housing that said the exact same stories yeah I'm still gonna ask you to apologize because you made my husband look bad. And and, and, and Joe Biden, Uncle Joe, um, you really better hope people don't really start digging into what happened during those trials because nobody caped for Clarence Thomas like Joe Biden did. Oh, that dude was a, 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 a Clarence Thomas fucking superhero, man. Joe Biden has done so much stuff which totally contradicts like his Charlemagne the God statement which if you don't support me you ain't black nah nigga if I'm black and I know what you've done in the past maybe that's why I don't support you <laughs> <laughs> I mean you ain't wrong he's, he's done some it's, it's interesting right because he got a lot of the pop he got a lot of the black vote but I almost feel like you could have put Elmo up there. It's default, man. You put anybody in a blue tie up there saying that they were a Democrat and the black vote was going to vote for them more so than, than your man Donald J. I mean, you got some out there who like, Donald J doing right for us. And I'm just like, who is us? <laughs> hey, Ruby, this going to sound like an outlandish thing, but based on like policy stuff, I can honestly see somebody making the argument that Trump has on the surface done more policy things for black people than Biden. I can totally see that argument. Oh, I can see the <laughs> argument too. And then after you get even if it's other the, shit. Even if it's fraudulent, I can yeah. see the argument just based on policy sake. I mean, I'll give Trump his due, man. Whatever he did, plus or minus, he did that shit big, man. And he let everybody know he did it. Like when he signed that that document about giving the HBCUs money. HBCUs, man. I mean, nobody ever read the fucking document about what exactly it does. It's just the fact that it gives some federal money to schools. Well, every every school gets federal money. Like, bro. Hey, <laughs> hey, <I mean>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, all, all I'm saying is Biden rode on the backs of black voters. Yeah, he's going to do then, it again, too. And, and then as soon as he got in office, you know what we got? Uh, Anti-Asian hate bill. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, black people been... Black people were all on this controversy. Police brutality, mainly black people. We had all the Floyd, right, all that stuff. And what did we get? An anti-Asian hate bill. Yeah, I mean... No shade to them. Not saying that, you know, we should be... You know, poo poo and the anti Asian stuff because they they were seeing their fair share of backlash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the greater scheme of things, you got to put a priority on it. And I feel like them niggas need to wait their turn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I'll say this. I, I even though it doesn't really affect me. 
I do appreciate what he did for all the people with the the student um, loan stuff, forgiveness stuff. Like I appreciate that. It doesn't. It does not affect me at all. But I appreciate the fact that he's at least done something. Yeah. The the thing is, man. I think Biden gets an unfair rap about like not getting anything done. I don't nah. think that. I don't think that's true. I think he was dealt a raw hand. Had a lot of stuff going on, and yeah. he just has. But my thing is, the things that he seems to have fought the hardest for are not the things that he said on the campaign trail he was going to be fighting the hardest for. And I because think at the end of the day, Biden is a politician, and Biden yeah. rides with whatever's going to get him the best public outlook. And when all that Asian hate stuff was going on, by him swooping the action and signing that anti-Asian hate bill, like it just made people happy. And the yeah. truth of the matter is, I'm not saying Biden's racist. I'm not saying Biden don't like black people. I'm saying Biden don't want to piss all those white people off. And, you know, saying certain things and came for us doesn't lose him all the moderate voters. But if he really caped hard for black people the way they black people caped hard for him, he would lose a lot of his white moderate voters. And he ain't about yeah. to do that. And I, I, I really expect something within the next six to eight months from him of trying to um, work on getting a black vote, it would not shock me if, you know, we see some stuff happen. So, I mean... He he learned how to play the saxophone right now so he can jump on an old Arsenio Hall episode. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's Kenny g it up right now. So I I, I ain't mad at him. You know, however... You're going to be at the NBA playoffs and the layup line, something. He (laughs) 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 He going... (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious um, but yeah man I, you know I wanted I wanted to kind of because we've been gone for two weeks so I wanted to make sure that we talk about some of the things that happened since our last time man, and, I've been know, gone for a minute so yeah you've been gone for a hot minute but you know it's one of those things where I felt like I need to talk about Clarence Bobo Johnson um, Thomas and stuff like that I call him Bobo because he a clown that's right. I said he, he, it. He, he, you ain't wrong. Yeah. So he's I mean, a I think that's what he, I think he's a caricature, man. Yeah. You know, we probably need to start talking about like some term limits for these cats too. <laughs> hey, look, man. Basically, actually, what I found in a documentary the most interesting about Clarence Thomas is at one point in time that dude had a Malcolm X poster in his room, and then one of his best friends said, like two years later that picture was replaced by a picture of the Rolls Royce. Because basically, somewhere along the line, Clarence Thomas decided, you know what? Fuck black power. That green power is what I want. I want that money. I mean, black power ain't paid rent. I mean, maybe he just realized what power was, and money is power. And the thing about it, and the thing about it, man, he's about my complexion. He's about our complexion. Nah, Clarence Thomas dark, bro. Is he dark? Yeah, I don't dark. remember him being dark. Yeah, he he a darky because growing up in elementary school, that, those are some of the darky jokes he got. He got a lot of darky jokes. I don't remember him being. He got like a lot of black boy. licorice jokes. Got a lot of black magic jokes. Got a lot of patent leather jokes. He got a lot of hey, where Clarence had the lights out. Yeah, jokes. yeah. I have to look that up. I don't remember him being super black. Nah, he is. He is. He dark. Also, oh, now now it makes more. And sense. I'm surprised he ain't got enough money to try to bleach his skin. You know. So he can go full Uncle Ruckus. Hey man, Michael Jackson did it. Yeah, but I feel like he should go full Uncle Ruckus. Just, just really try to 
dive into it. These white people, my friends. I feel I feel like him and Sammy Sosa should be the same complexion. Now. Oh, stop it. Oh, stop it. You know, Sammy, Sammy Sosa looked like a, a, a white housewife from Orange County. You stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you so dumb. <laughs> Hey, if y'all don't believe me, I, I challenge you. Go Google a picture of Sammy Sosa right now. You so dope. <laughs> oh, my God. You so dope. But, I mean, look, man. I, all I want is, you know what? I think I'm getting what I want. Now that I think about it, they're showing us who they are. And now we know Claire Thomas for who he is 100%. You know, now we know what to expect. So, yeah, you know, we, we can't expect a lot of our Supreme Court. And once in a while, they, they throw a bone on the other side. But for the most part, they cast their checks and voting terribly. So, what are you going to do? Um, ain't, ain't Clarence Thomas still on the investigation for not reporting all the the trips and stuff that one of his top donors paid for him to go on clearly it doesn't matter because he if he's still in an investigation he's still got a seat i mean i mean it, i don't think it's gonna get him kicked off but i mean well, i mean I, I wouldn't be mad they, if he they gotta re- they gotta report all that stuff yeah i mean i wonder how much they make a year like two hundred fifty thousand or something i mean the president makes two hundred fifty thousand, so they should make the same as the president yeah they probably make more Nah, they probably make less, but I mean, that's not what you know. We know where they get their money from, donors. Yeah, which is crazy to me. But hey, we're gonna give you money. We want you to vote this way. What? I mean, but hey, that's enough of them. That's enough of them cats. Um, you know, friend of the show, Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene. Stop it. You so Sam and Sosa, ladies and gentlemen. You're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you so dumb. That thing's lighter than us, man. <laughs> Jesus. God bless America. That dude's lighter than us. <sighs> I mean, because he was... Wise of Orange County. He, yeah, he was straight black, man. I, uh, nah, he was, he was dark. brown. He was dark with the Jerry Curl drip, bro. Yeah. Like, uh, he, he, was, he was definitely Cuban. I don't know what he is there, but he was definitely Cuban. And I say was because that's not keeping right there. That's just sadness. Um, hey man, friend of the show, Marjorie Taylor Greene got kicked out of one of her um one of her um uh which one is it? What committee is that? Like one of the important committees. She got kicked out last week. I did not share any tears for that. You know, so her crazy I mean, ass. Why, why she get kicked out? Cause she crazy. I mean, she got kicked out because she's crazy. I mean, there's really on no other reason. <laughs> Did she get booted for? I forgot what the house was called. Was it like the House of Freedom or something like that? House of Freedom Caucus or something? Like, first of all, it's ironic that she was even in that. I mean, cause she's free. Well, the House of Freedom Caucus. Yes, yes, she got kicked out of the House of Freedom Caucus. They voted to oust her. I mean, yo, they pretty much said, yeah, we're, we're sick of your ass. <laughs> like, literally, they just said to her face, they sick of her ass. I mean, so. Oh, she she called the Colorado rep, Lauren Bobbitt. A bitch. A little bitch on yeah. the house floor. Wow. Yeah, you can't do that. I mean, because they ain't friends no more, man. They used to be 
They used to be BFF, man. They used to be getting down tags, even trying to see, get here's, Biden out. Here's the thing, man. The, the American people need to see real, man. And what I mean by that is, like, when she called her a little bitch on the floor, old girls should have got up and they should have just started scrapping. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? They should have started scrapping. Oh, because they such Second Amendment rights, maybe both of them should have pulled them things out <laughs> and been like, stand your ground. <laughs> well, that's the interesting part, thing about that. If they would have done that, they would have been they would have broken a federal law because you cannot have you're not supposed to have any type of firearm in the chamber, which would have been a whole different thing. Hey, baby, sun's out, guns out. Second Amendment. I mean, yeah, it's just not there. But I mean, I'm pretty sure some of the people be taxing. I mean, hell, taxing. on January 6th, a whole bunch of people walked in with guns. So, I mean, I mean that's, very <laughs> that's very true. And the other the Democratic um, uh, House member, I think Jasmine something from Texas. She was like, I'm from Texas too, and I got a gun. I mean, what's up? I was like, weak. <laughs> she was like, I got a gun. I mean, are you talking about the black lady? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she be getting And down, she man. debunked all those things she said. Like, yes. Yeah, one of these days, man. One of these days. But, but I think, you know, I don't know who's up this year, but they're not talking about it like it's really crazy. But it could flip again one more time and lord knows what would happen with a democratic president and a democrat and the democrats control of both i mean that scares me I mean, it's something if, we get if, done maybe if biden's in charge ain't nothing getting done <laughs> but man there's no shade on biden man like biden might be a cool dude man uncle joe but um uncle joe ain't doing shit man <laughs> well you, you know. got too many friends across the table, man. And, and and that's not a bad thing. I mean, I know everybody was like, you know, you got to be willing to reach across the table. But, like, it's different when you're reaching across the table, like, because you're trying to negotiate something positive. And then when you're reaching across the table with people you go hang out with. Like, even though he, he disagrees policy-wise with some of these people, they still his best friends, man. So, yeah, he ain't never going he ain't never going to push too hard. And maybe there's nothing wrong with that. You, you, I mean, yes and no. Like, it's nothing wrong with that if you don't want to ruffle feathers. But if you ever want anything to change, ain't nothing going to change. He's status quo. Like, in many ways, he's everything that the Trump supporters who defend Trump say he is, which is, you know, part of the establishment, the 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 problem with the government anyway. And he, Biden has been a part of that. Yeah. So, like, even, even though their solutions ain't better, the problem that they're talking about is real. But, you know, once again, like you always say, I mean, the message might be important. Just the message is not who it is. Because <laughs> I mean, you're right in some in some form or fashion. They are right. Because, you know, at least what Trump did was he changed, he threw a, like a monkey wrench into the establishment. And every time he would come close to becoming the establishment, he then would do something crazy. I don't know if Trump did that. I think what Trump did was capitalize on the fact that there are a lot of people that don't like the establishment. I don't think Trump did anything to counteract that. Trump just basically jumped on the bandwagon of a whole bunch of people that felt like the government was out to get them or the government was doing more harm than good. I mean, but, you know, here's the funny part, right? And this is this is why I always go to some people like, well, you know, we don't want big federal government. 
you know and I, and I get that you don't want the federal government taking control of your life yet when COVID happened and those stimmy checks came out you were cashing them they were going to your account you know you you may you may be poor and you're getting you're getting either food assistance or whatever yet you hate the staff you hate you know big government you can't do both <laughs> i mean you, yes you can because you know that's what they want i mean like i love it when they say well i think the state should have the right to decide because i'm like yo if states had the right to decide you wouldn't get shit there would be like 30 states right now that still have slavery yeah I mean, yeah, I mean, like, and, and and anybody who says no, eventually they would have. Man, shut the fuck up. You, you're absolutely wrong. Because <laughs> slavery was the economy. Yeah. So there's there was no reason for southern states to abolish slavery because it was their economy, even though it was putting them behind mm-hmm. because the North had mills and used technology, which was more efficient. But the South's labor was free. So they were never well, going at least to, at least free to them. Yeah. So they were never like if we'd have been like, hey, slavery is over, but states, you know, relinquish it at your own speed. There'd still be about 25, 30 states right now <laughs> where it still have slavery. And they'd be like, hey, man, it just, you know, it doesn't work for our state. Yeah. So let me tell you an interesting story. So throughout this two weeks, like I told it, I told everybody earlier, I celebrated the big five oh. You know, we're supposed to go to Toronto, but, you know, wildfires and stuff, didn't want to take any chances on that. So, me and my little bro ended up going to Dallas. And so, because he wanted to see the Cowboys um, place. I've been there before, but you know what? Why not? Getting getting the hell out of here. So, we went down there, you know, we stayed the first night in Tennessee. And um, I always keep wanting to say Memphis, but it was Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. Yo, man, I think I've seen, I, I saw so many, let me change that. I saw more than expected interracial relationships in Nashville, Tennessee, than I expected to see. It wasn't a ton, but I felt like every time I saw a black person, there was a white person with them. And I was just kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. Nothing wrong with that. I just I just thought that was interesting being natural. Clarence Thomas would have turned his nose up at it. <laughs> Don't it's feel so, right. Don't feel right with these niggas. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't get to Dallas, right? Once again, didn't see a ton of black people anywhere. However, we did see a ton of black people in Whataburger. You know, so there you go right there. And they won't eat. Uh, well, a couple were eating, but most of them weren't. So once again, as we're in Dallas, we still don't see any black people for real, being honest. So we drove to um, Georgia because our uncle lives in, in North Carolina. So we stayed down an extra couple of days, extra day, drove to Georgia, got to Louisiana, stopped at a Walmart. I mean, our black people quota increased immensely because we saw nothing but black people at Walmart. And it was interesting because the white people were working at Walmart or the black people were blind at Walmart. Usually it's a mix there, but it wasn't. So that was whatever it was. And then we made a, we talked about it, we looked at the gas and stuff, and we was like, yo, because we had to go through Mississippi, Alabama to get to Georgia. We, was, we had a small discussion. We're not stopping in Alabama. We're not taking no chances. 
because you know why do that to yourself so of course we did that we rode through you know we didn't stop in Mississippi or Alabama because you know what I ain't saying they lynch your people still I'm just saying we're not giving people no opportunities I'm just saying what would you have stopped there for what were you gonna go see well I mean like if it was gas or something like that we made sure we were filled up before we left Louisiana and all that so there was absolutely no reason to stop and if we had to urinate we held it till we got to Georgia so got to Georgia you know once again Georgia's Atlanta's nice everything's in everything's all the roads are being repaired just like normal every time I go to Georgia because lord knows they can't do anything also yo man can the southern states put money into their roads the interstate is horrible I didn't I didn't really understand how horrible it was until you drive it the roads are terrible I almost kissed the Virginia roads here man because they're in much better shape but then again they don't pay taxes so I guess that's what happens you know shit don't be working no more you don't pay taxes Georgia nah well nah Georgia was fine I'm about to say what you talking about Georgia Mississippi Alabama we passed by Tuscaloosa you know gave a good wave at um at saving make sure the line was straight down there you know they did give me one there was one like billboard that said something about Alabama and their national championships I was like they gave me one so but yeah man it's just it's interesting you go down south you don't see no damn black people <laughs> which is crazy because like they have some of the largest populations of them so I, I mean other than Louisiana like and they were out in full force like Mississippi is like almost 50% of the population but. yeah but once again Mississippi Alabama we, that, those weren't options to stop I mean cause you know we won't pack into stuff so cause I, I ain't about to make any attempts but yeah man it's it's real interesting man how to, how you know you think there would be black people and stuff and there weren't and then of course um my little brother hadn't seen Django Unchained so we, we talked a little bit about that it was on VH1 or something maybe PET so of course every other word from Samuel Jackson was was bleeped out very very overrated movie in my opinion but you know I mean the only thing I'll say is everybody's giving a whole bunch of shit about the n-word being used my thing is if you don't use the n-word who, who, who directed that movie again oh Quentin Tarantino exactly we know how much that nigga loves the word nigga so <laughs> I'm but just saying like I, but, I get it the context of the times as well but I mean let's let's not act like Tarantino ain't never jumped at the idea of being able to put nigga in his script I mean I'm not gonna say <laughs> that but I mean out of the 160 sometimes it was said I mean, Samuel Jackson probably dropped about 50 by himself. That's all I'm saying. So, he had his fair share. Hey, DiCaprio felt real comfortable saying that word. He did. He he felt very comfortable saying that. He was either a great actor or he was just like, I've been waiting for this my whole life. No, he felt actually in some of the stuff, he felt very uncomfortable. Well, like he almost turned the role down because of it. Ruben, he's an actor. Okay. So. You mean you don't think he could have acted like he felt uncomfortable? <laughs> and, then, and then, and then, as soon as they said action, he was like, "I've been waiting for this moment." <laughs> and, you know, and I'm not saying like Leo's a, a racist, but I've just found in my experience around a lot of white people, they have been hoping 
to be able to say nigga. Like, not even in a derogatory way. For some reason, white people just feel like that is... I think it is white men don't like being told what they can't do. Because white people always do the whole, well, I can't say the N-word and y'all can. It's just like, I forgot what movie it was, but I can't even remember the black actor. But the dude was like, well, we can't say the N-word and rappers say it all the time. And the black guy said, nah, go ahead and say it. And he was like, what? He was like, no, go ahead and say it. He was like, no, you're being a bit hypocritical. He's like, no, I'm saying, go ahead and say it. I'll, I'll say it with you. I'll say it with you. <laughs> and, then, and then they went to commercial break. All right, we're going to go take a moment. He's like, no, go ahead and say it. Jesus. Sure you can. It's a free country. You know, and I would say his character didn't say it very much at all. You know, but I, I think, I, I think, you know, while we, we talk about how big slavery was, but then to go down there, man, it may be because we didn't stop and look around, but yeah, man, I, I just, not that I felt uncomfortable stopping in Mississippi, Alabama, but I felt more uncomfortable at nighttime stopping in Mississippi, Alabama. I mean, it's only two of us, eh, you know, unless he was packing, which probably wasn't. It's just what, you know, sometimes you gotta not, you gotta, some things are just worth passing by, I would say, you know. But yeah, I mean, it was an interesting trip though. I expect to see more black people in Dallas, you know, than see a lot of black people in Dallas. Why? Why did I expect to see black people in Dallas? Why did you expect to see a lot of black people in Dallas? I expect to see more than we saw. I mean, we probably saw. I, we probably saw 10 black people I mean, did y'all go all over the place or did y'all go to like one area of Dallas well I mean we went to a couple places in Dallas but we didn't like tour Dallas hell no but I mean like there were three people at the Dallas Stadium when we took our tour which was funny and of course one of them was a Dallas Cowboys fan and I was just like why would they not be like it's like you're doing us a disservice nah that place is pretty phenomenal so it's like you don't have to be a Cowboys fan. Well, I, I get that, but why is it so surprising that it would be a Cowboys fan? Oh, no. It's just, I'm not a fan. Like, yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's like the three black people there. Of course, one was a Cowboys fan. Like, really? But they, were, they weren't too obnoxious. I will say that. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, we had a whole, you know, it's been hot as hell the last two weeks. Thunderstorms coming out the woodwork, you know. It's it's been a little crazy, man. It's been a little crazy. So I think it's time for a little bit of Crazy World. You will enjoy this one. California man gets prison for nearly nine million dollar phony cow manure to green energy investment screen scheme. So basically, this dude's going to prison for running a cow, a cow manure to green energy scheme. And basically, he said that um, I could turn cow manure to green energy. And all these people invested in it. And he went to a couple of like um, places where it would break down, it would bio break down the biodegradable material, and then turn it to methane. And then they would sell the methane. And, you know, when they sell the methane, 
the they receive 66% of the net profits and tax incentives. So he got enough people to, you know, equal about $9 million. And then if one felt a little skeptical, he gave them back their money from the other people he stole from. And so stuff like that. It's a Ponzi scheme. Kind of. It's a shitty one. <laughs> I feel like that's the definition of Ponzi scheme, man. <laughs> you take the next person's money to give to the, the person you just promised the money to. Yeah, like some people even sued them. And, um, that's what he, usually and happens won. in a Ponzi scheme. And they won, so he gave them that money, but he didn't get everybody. And then he... And then he moved to Sheridan, Montana and assumed a new identity before he was arrested. So he went to the middle of absolutely nowhere, became somebody else, and the government found his ass. <laughs> like, what? I don't understand. I guess he's like, fuck it, man. I'm living off the grid. I'm taking this money living off the grid. But yeah, man. You know, shit the methane. I guess it almost worked until he make no money. I mean, they usually don't Ponzi schemes. Yeah, he all uh, spent it on himself buying up a buying up land, a custom home, and a new Dodge Ram pickup. I mean, priorities, man. Especially that Dodge Ram pickup, man. Super priorities. Like a rock, man. <laughs> <laughs> And the, the second one, Australian man plans enhanced games for doping athletes. So this dude from Australia is going to create his own Olympics with people. So basically, if you dope, use if you use any type of performance enhancing um, drugs, you can still race in his Olympics. Probably be more entertaining. I guess it has its own website and everything, and it says, and it's short. Some it shows some dude who's the fastest man in the world. Says he's already breaking Usain Usain Bolt's 100 meter record. He has unlocked his body's true athletic potential, but the world isn't ready for. Him. I mean, nah, man. He used steroids and all that shit. I mean, steroids and all that shit. He might just use human growth hormones. So. That too. Um. And the 2024 Enhanced Games. It accuses the International Olympic Committee of vilifying enhanced athletes. Enlist enhanced would be would record enhanced would world record rejected by the IOC. Yeah, because he's like, yeah, man, they'll come and break all these records. I mean, what record? None of this shit's gonna count for anything. You just gotta have a whole bunch of doped up dudes see who's the fastest and the best doped up dude I mean look I mean as, I guess there's some as just, a res- as just a resident cynic like there's a lot of Olympic records right now that happened by doped up dudes <laughs> they just didn't get caught I mean they, they just didn't get caught like yeah. Carl Lewis comes out and talks about being mad about people doping and it's like and Carl Lewis we thought you were doping too and there's actually some significant evidence that he probably was. But he didn't get caught. He didn't so get caught. Cool, you know? Just like when people go, do you think Rock did steroids? And everybody goes, no, no, he just worked out hard. No, y'all don't remember that whole seven-month reign where he wrestled with that black shirt on? 
That's because he had to have surgery on his man boobs because he had started growing the titties because he had been taking steroids. I mean, we know what it is. Like, and the thing is, does that mean he didn't work hard? No. Like, that's that's what I hate about the misconception of steroids. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you're taking the easy way out. No, there's nothing easy about that because you don't just inject yourself with steroids and the next day you have 20 inch pythons. No, you just work out harder because your body can recover. Those dudes yeah. who take steroids work out four times harder than everybody else because they can because yeah. their body can actually recover. But it doesn't mean that they're taking the easy way out. They're just taking the not natural way out. Mogul Cowboys to all the fastest women from the 80s. What are the odds? And I was just about to point that out. Yes, like all those track and field records that were set in the 80s are still there. Although every other form of evolution shows that the athletes are bigger, faster, and stronger now, somehow all of those track and field records are from the 80s. Nah, I'm sure they weren't using steroids. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, and look, I'm not accusing all of them of it, but I mean my thing is if they were I don't care like I'm one of those people that when when, when people talk about the baseball steroid era I'm just like look I, I think it's bullshit that they keep people out of the hall of fame for that because it's like well if you ever were suspected of it like yo we we have so much evidence to suggest between the 80s and the 90s everybody was doing shit almost everybody was doing it so they were setting records against other people who were doing steroids so I mean, just leave everybody out. So basically, I feel like other than the exception of a few people from anybody who played baseball in the 80s and 90s, just don't put him in the Hall of Fame. So what is it going to take to get Barry Bonds in there? Nothing. He's never getting in. Never getting in. The, the greatest baseball player I have ever seen in my life will never be in the Hall of Fame. And I would make an argument that he is the greatest baseball player to ever play. Never make the Hall of Fame. I mean, and you know what? Here's a, here's a big thing about it's that. It's either him or his uncle. You know what I'm saying? Or his godfather. Like, either him or Willie Mays, to me, are the best baseball players to ever play. And Barry Bonds will never get in the Hall of Fame. What about Willie Mays Hayes? Fictitious people don't <laughs> that's like put, That's like putting Sylvester Stallone in the Boxing Hall of Fame, which I think he actually is. But... <laughs> Rocky is out in there, man. Is Rocky Balboa in the box? I don't know, there? man. I wouldn't be surprised. I honestly, I would not be Jesus surprised. Christ. I mean, good look. If Rocky Balboa is in the box hall of fame, I think you put Willie Mays Hayes in the baseball hall of fame. I mean, you I got some other... stole 100 bases. Yeah. I mean, that alone was officially introduced into the International Boxing Hall of Fame oh, June 12, 2011. <laughs> I thought he was. I actually thought he was. <laughs> I hit you here for here first. I'm officially putting a document for Willie Mays Hayes to get to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Because if you got dudes like Craig Biggio and Jeff Bagwell in the Baseball Hall of Fame, then damn it, Willie Mays Hayes deserves to be in there. Why? He only he stole 100 bases one fictitious season. We don't know what he did after that. Hey, hey. <laughs> Who else stole 100 bases in a season? Ricky Nobody. Henderson, Tim Raines. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people who actually have. But if they did it, then he deserves to be in there too. That's all I'm saying. They did more than just one. Never. You're right. You're right. Willie Mays Hayes, get him in there. A wild thing know, in there too. Nah, he won't agree. I mean, you put his music in there. He ain't like Vaughn, man. I mean, <laughs> he didn't have he didn't have enough in his pitch, man. I'm just saying. Willie Mays batted like 240. And had a hundred stolen bases, and you ready to put him in? 
Willie Mays Hayes, get it right, sir. Willie Mays Hayes batted like 246. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is Rocky Balboa is in the Boxing Hall of Fame. Yeah, because he was, he, he was a champ. <laughs> he was a champ. A fictitious movie. Willie Mays Hayes didn't even win the World Series. They just won the pennant. <laughs> hey, but you don't know if they won the World Series because the movie went off. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. When the second one came out, they didn't say they were. They didn't say they were World Series champions. I mean, but you gotta. You can't put that one in there. You gotta put the. You gotta put the pop, the Passer Fifty Seven Willie Wesley Snipes up in there. Hey man, we gotta choose because. <laughs> Look, we, we we can't just be caping for black people right now, right? That's that's what's happening right now. You just caping for the black. I'm just cape. I'm just caping for Willie Mays Hayes. That's all I'm caping for. I mean, they had two black people playing, but if you got to pick one, you you got to pick the the you got to pick the um the the snipes one. Past your fifty seven, baby. Okay. I'm, that's all I'm, I'm saying. Not, all right. I'm saying. I'm not getting into this with you anymore. You you win. <laughs> yeah, you, you win. All right, what you got for us today? You win. That's what I got. Really? That's all you <laughs> you're, you're the winner. <laughs> I didn't win anything. Hey, man, we since we talked about Ponzi schemes, have you actually seen? Well, no, because you you're one of those people that say you don't do Netflix. I don't. They got a Bernie Madoff documentary, and to actually hear about what the scheme was and how he got caught. And is it sad? No, it's not sad. What, what do you mean by sad? Is it sad that the scheme was stupid and it was sad that he got the way he got caught? No, what was sad okay. about it is the government helped him by being incompetent. Shocker. Like they investigated him like three times, which b- bogus investigations. Like they could have caught this dude six years before they actually did. And they did because either somebody didn't do their job one time, somebody just didn't make a phone call, like literally a phone call shuts the whole thing down. If it wasn't for the housing market crash, he would have never got caught. The housing market crash just did him in. Yeah. Because everybody tried to start pulling the money from him and he didn't have it. I mean, you know, everybody. But literally every time the, they supposedly investigated him, when they didn't do their job with the investigation and then people found out that he had been investigated, it just gave more people more belief and faith that he was doing things the right way. So it almost became like advertising for him. So then more people started giving him money. I mean, because they talked about that and was it the, the good guys? Bro, it's, it's, the, it's the dumbest Ponzi scheme ever. And the reason I say it's the dumbest is because they say most Ponzi schemes, an investor invests their money and they are actually investing the money. They're just making bad investments. So then they lie about it to get more money. Yeah. His Ponzi scheme was give me your money. I'll invest it. And then he never invested it. But then he would send them fake reports about things he was invest that he was investing in to make them feel like their money was growing. That's brilliant. So he got $18 billion from people. B- billion with a B? Billion with a B. But all those people with the $18 billion he had from that he got from them, he always told people he was getting a profit. So based on all his clients, his clients thought he had made $70 billion. 
He made. He only made was eighteen. He never made any money. He just had eighteen billion that they gave him. <laughs> and then he would send fake reports of things he was investing. They co- they made a system oh, that God. mimicked what the Nasdaq did. So then he could fake like he had did investments from yesterday's investment. So basically, he always knew what stock went up and what stock went down because he was basing it on yesterday. So then he could say he invested in anything that did well that day, the day before. That's brilliant. So so every week, his investors like, this dude is brilliant. He never loses. It's like he magically knows what the market's going to do. Because then when they want their money back, he had. Yeah, when the housing market crashed, everybody wanted their money back and he had people asking for like up to three billion back from him and he only had 300 million and he was like oh shit y'all got me how did he spend 18 billion dollars and then his sons because he was all right so what would happen is that somebody would give him money yeah he was investing and then another person would give him money so he'd been taking people's money since like the 80s so then when some people would be like, hey, I've made this money. Hey, let me pull some of this money out. All right. If you pull the money out, he had to get the money from somewhere. So he would take the money that somebody had given him and then give mm-hmm. it to that person. Yeah. All the time, he had bought a building in New York and and he had yachts and money. Like, so he was living the dream. He did you everything know, but know, go to a non-extradition company. And you know who had to turn him in? His now. sons. Why? His two sons. Because he was trying to, when he realized the jig was up, he kind of finally told his sons, who also worked at the company but had no idea this was going on, he told them what was up. And he was like, yo, I'm just trying to give money back to like the people who've been with me from the beginning. I only got 300 million, but I'm trying to, well, no, not like them, but just like other people. So then his sons were so mad at him, they wouldn't talk to a lawyer. And the lawyer was like, well, now that you know this has happened, Unless you turn him in, you go down with him. And I was like, fuck that. So his sons turned him in and then disowned him. Like his ashes, because he's Jewish, which they don't believe in cremation, but they totally did away with him. So when he died in prison, his body got cremated, ashes got put in a vase, and it's sitting in the lawyer's office because the family never claimed it. What? <laughs> That's cold. That's cold. I mean, it would be cold, but both his sons are dead now anyway. Oh, well. One of them committed suicide, and oh. one of them died, I think, of cancer. Oh. And then the mom was living out of her Honda Civic for a while. Oh. Because I guess they went completely broke. All that money was gone. And then the, the sad thing was like, yo, people who had been invested. So all this investment money is supposed to be insured. Well, the insurance is supposed to guarantee 500000 for anything losses. But it was so many investments. If the person you invest with doesn't actually make your investment. Mm-hmm. Well, the insurance company that insures all of them doesn't have enough money to pay all these people back. They would have went bankrupt trying to pay all these people back. So what they did is they hired a lawyer to then go back and then go through all of the records and anybody who had kind of made a profit and pulled money off of them, they went and asked for the money back. So you, if you had been investing with Bernie since the 80s and you know every time he told you you had made a profit of like 50, 60,000 that year and you just pulled it out to do something else, well, in 2008, 
some dude called you and was like hey our record show that you invested say a million but you pulled out over four million so we need that three million back can they do that absolutely they can they and they did it oh shit that's so, a- so people were having to pay money back that they probably had already spent to try to pay back the other people who had lost everything all because the insurance company that's supposed to protect you from it basically was like we can't afford to do it so instead of paying back the billions that they would have had to pay these people they paid this one lawyer and his law firm almost a billion dollars to try to recoup whatever money they could so this lawyer had to go to these people who had already been victimized and then ask them for money back and he got rich off of it you know the whole thing just they like, said no then you go to jail they can pull the money from you take all your assets everything damn that's foul damn made off you fucked up a lot of people I'm glad I wasn't involved in that shit yo there were people one dude committed suicide they had they had an estimation that like there was so much cartel money in his investments was like, that why he died in jail well maybe but there was there was one dude overseas because there was more money invested in Europe than America. Oh, God. So there was a dude in Europe who basically was like, they were like, what if you're wrong? Because the one dude, there's another investor in America from, from like 2001. He had been sending letters to the government that all this was a Ponzi scheme. Since 2001, he had been sending letters. Like he was almost like the hate and snitch. Because his company was asking him to come up with a plan that worked like Bernie's. And he was like, well, Bernie's plan is bullshit. And so he had been literally going to the government for like six years. And they had basically just did nothing. Told him to kick rocks. Yeah. So one of the dudes that invested in Bernie, they kept going to that dude because they were like friends. They were like, yo, man, what if you're wrong about Bernie? Then dude basically said, I'm dead because all of my money all of my family's money all of my investors money which some of that money is cartel money all are in this so if i'm wrong i'm dead 11 days after bernie was arrested he committed suicide in his own office yeah because they were were gonna kill him he was dead yeah you can't it was sad man they said he committed suicide he slit his wrist and put his wrist over the trash can so his cleaning person wouldn't have to clean up his blood oh no you know how tragic that was when he said they said, yeah, he slit his wrist oh. and sat at his desk so he would bleed out in the trash can so his cleaning person wouldn't have to clean. Well, that's nice of him. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's nice, but it's tragic as fuck, man. Yeah, it is. Damn, Madoff. So, so Bernie Madoff is basically a prime example of it's good to be white, man. I'm t- yo, this dude was in, in was money magazines like all there's all this evidence that pointed to the fact that this was complete bullshit but he was never questioned because he had been around the game for a long time he was a white dude and everybody was just like hey it's bernie baby he know what he doing yeah at one point in time they said what 10 percent of nasdaq money was tied up in bernie madoff 10 percent Bruh, housing market crash, the only reason he got caught. I no, mean, housing, no housing market crash, this dude running up right now still, probably. Probably. I mean, damn. It's the most interesting documentary I ever watched on Netflix, man. Did Bobby Bonilla come up? I mean, 
Maybe because Bob, I mean, Bob and is still getting paid. I hope he won't invest in that million dollars he get every year. Because he'd be mad as shit. Like, damn, I thought I was doing it. How much longer does he have for that? I think that's got to be up soon. I think it's like 2026 or something like that. So it's almost up. I think we got like two or three more Bobby Bonilla days. I mean, the worst contract in baseball history. Oh, no, no. It continues to 2035. Oh, Jesus Christ. This dude makes a billion dollars. He will be 1.19 million. He will be 72 when a payment stops. Hey, greatest contract. I've been knew you ain't in the Hall of Fame, but he should be yeah, just for that, that contract. Contract. <laughs> contract. Him or his agent? If his agent did both. it, both. Yeah, they should get inducted. They, he should have a statue with him and his agent beside him, smiling like this. Like we did that shit. Got you, bitches. And he shouldn't even have a baseball emblem on his hat. It should just be a dollar sign. <laughs> a dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be so awesome. Oh my god. So, what else on your mind, man? That's it, man. I talked all about Bernie Madoff, so I'm not gonna talk about anything else, man. Oh, I did watch the BET Awards, and <laughs> what? No, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like what I want to say. Like Buster Rhymes got honored, and I thought it was dope that Buster Rhymes got honored. Yeah. Um, Lifetime Achievement Award, right? Yeah, I thought Buster Rhymes' speech was amazing because he kind of took shots at Charlie. Charlie who? Brown. Oh wow! He kind of took a shot at Charlie. I think I think Charlie deserves that shot. Yeah, but the way he did it was like graceful because he was like, "Yeah, I was the youngest member of Leaders with the New School." Leaders of New School, and he was like, "I was the youngest, and I was also the first to have a child," and he was like. And then when they kicked me out the group, because they did kick me out the group, you know what I'm saying? I had five more kids. He was just like, you know, I ain't know what I was going to do. So I just lived in the studio. He said, I knew all the people from the studio. So I would call the studio people and I would see who was going to be there that night. And I would go up to the studio and act like I had left something at the studio because I knew everybody knew me. And he was like, so, you know, I dap him up. He said, I always have like some weed and the slowest burning blunt ever. He said, because when you start passing that blunt around, you invest it. And he said, I'd hear the beat that they were working on. And he said, by the time the blunt got back to me, I'd already have 16 bars. And he was like, that's why I was three years before you heard me from Leaders with the New School before I had my own album. But he was like, in that three-year window, I basically bankrolled the features. He's like, people, I was just featured on everybody's track because I would always show up to the studio. He said, he said, I would give him 16 and I'd make sure that the song didn't sound right unless you had that rile rile on it. And I was like, <laughs> man. <laughs> but I'm like, he threw that shot at Charlie. But yeah, they did kick me out. But then he was like, but he's like, you know, when I start getting them 30,000, 20,000 feature checks and I ain't have to split it, I was like, hey, this shit might work. <laughs> Gosh, where's Charlie Brown now? Somewhere probably being salty. <laughs> Yeah, so he probably heard that BET award John was salty as hell I mean he thought he was a shit in news at Leeds in school he was not even he wasn't even like number three I'm not saying he was the worst person in Leeds I'm just saying he the worst first of all first of all the fact that he had a lyric who's that brown brown <laughs> it's 
Some man, I say, call me Charlie. What? Like, bro? No, he was the worst in the group, man. It's okay to say it, man. It's okay to say it. It might have been his group. Like, look, if the most, if the best thing we can say about Charlie Brown is he recognized talent, you know what I'm saying? He found Bust, you know what I'm saying? Like, and there's no shade in that. Like, hey, I ain't that talented, so I'm going to find this talented brother. But the problem is he had an ego. You can't find talent and then have an ego. You got to find talent and ride that bitch, that ride that wave. So are you saying that Dinko D was better than Charlie Brown? I'm saying he won't worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying he wasn't worse. <laughs> Just say he, he wasn't worse. And think about it. Think about how loyal Buster is to people. Like the person that he did his first solo album with has changed record label three times. And Buster has followed that lady all three labels. Split Star has been around on every single Buster project. So, if Charlie Brown would have just been cool with the idea that Buster was blowing up, Charlie might be in the background. Charlie might be a producer. Like, Charlie might... Like, look, Charlie could have did it. It's just, he was young and he had an ego. And the thing is, if you're gonna have an ego, you gotta have talent too. You can't have ego and no talent. And I'm not saying he have no talent. I just told you what his talent was. He I, found I, another talented nigga. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I'll say he had a damn talent. I'm a I'm a disagree because he found Buster. I mean, I'm talking about rapid talent. Once again, that that wasn't his talent, but his talent was finding <laughs> people. I mean, think about it. Look, was Master P a great rapper? No, uh, no. But we, we we say he had a talent because he did something record label wise. Yeah, that was innovative. So like, look, you can be talented. Don't have to be. You got to be a rapper to be talented. Like his his, his talent could have been, I found Buster Rhymes, and when Buster got hot, I took a back seat to Buster, and just started being like, "Yo, I'm gonna help you navigate. I'm gonna help you move." Like, nah, but he gonna be like, "Hey, people ain't here to see you. They here to see all of us." And Buster's probably looking at him like, "Nigga, ain't nobody asked you to be on no feature. Ain't nobody asked you to be on no remix. Nobody. Jungle Brothers never called you." You know, man, and think about it this way. Let's let's be real. Charlie Brown, you got traded out for Split Star. Who the fuck is Split Star? <laughs> like, you know we what? know who he is. Lawyer. That's what yeah, Split Star is. I mean, Lawyer. I mean, but, like, I would say Split Star and the talent level is either about the same. Yeah, I would say Split Star is more talented because he realized what his talented role was. I am the hype man. Exactly. He is the most, like, besides Flavor Flav, is there a more recognizable hype man for anyone? That's a very good question. <laughs> is there a more recognizable hype man than Split Star? Uh, probably Diddy. See, but I can't call Diddy a hype man because he was also the owner of the record label. Yeah, but he, man, come on, once, man. Once again, I know what you're saying. You're saying his take role that, in a lot that. of those. Um, I get what you're saying, but Diddy is known for other things too. What else is Spliff known for? Not a damn thing. Exactly. I mean, so he barely known for that. He is the most recognizable hype man in hip hop. Oh wow! It's Flavor Flav then Spliff. Flavor Flav is a, is a, is the goat. Once again, I, I put them up there. It's Flavor Flav, then Split. But think about, we got 50 years of hip-hop. Are we talking you're about- the second most noticeable hype man of all time? What about Rampage? Rampage was a hype man for a bit. For yeah. a bit. Split okay. has been around the entire time. 
when you know if you go to see a Buster concert, you know who gonna be there? Spliff. Buster Rhymes ah. gonna be in your video. You know who gonna be there? Spliff. I, I got another one who might be more than number two, only because he died. He's probably not gonna be number two, and that's Eminem's boy, Pro. Proof. Today, proof. He was a, he was M's hype man. He was he passed away. He, he, and even if he had passed away, would not have su- would not have surpassed. Uh, and let me tell you why. Split's been around longer. And but I'm it, saying if he stayed, if he if he had lived, would have still been around longer. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. And at, I'm telling you, Split's been around longer. And even though Proof was Eminem's hype man on stage, Proof on every one of Eminem's videos. Proof on every Eminem show. Spliff is in everything. That's true. <laughs> he, he played in position strong. They are they are a package deal. You know when you get bust, you get Spliff. Hey, I mean, I can't deny that. Second most recognizable hype man hip hop history. That's funny you said most recognizable because half these motherfuckers don't know who Spliff Star is. No, no. Even if they don't know who he is, when you see him, you know that's Buster's hype man. Even if you don't know his name. Okay, I give you that, Buster. What it is right now? Yeah, Charlie Brown didn't make no damn money. Did he even come out with a CD? Who would have wanted it? <laughs> Who's that, Brown? <laughs> well, and, and I don't look, man. I'm not trying to diss somebody that does something that I can't do. Because I mean, he's a better rapper than me, but that's not saying much. Yeah, but I was gonna say yeah. it's not saying much. But what I'm saying is like, yo, like. His ego, man. Ego just got in the way, man. Ah. Uh, like, if there's anybody that should have been trying to mend the group together, it should have been him. Yeah, he it shouldn't have been him being mad that people wanted Buster. He should have like, rolled that shit out until the wheels fell off. It's just like when I heard Prize be interviewed about the Fugees, and he was just talking about, well, you know, some things, ego. And I'm like, look, Prize, you are the least talented in the group. Your job should have been mending fences. You should have had Lauren on one side and Wyclef on the other side. You should be like, hey, we can make this work. You should have pan trapped that you, shit. Yeah, you should be like, we could make this work because I need to work. <laughs> oh, I'm in Ghetto Superstar. That's the only song without you niggas that I'm known for. Ghetto Superstar. <laughs> It is known because of Maya, not because of him. Exactly. Maya and ODB. Like, he just, it's his song, but and I'm not even real. known for it. Now, I'll be real. I forgot ODB was up in that motherfucker. Because all I, I can remember, all I can remember is, my, is, is Maya's um, uh, hook. That's really all I can remember. Right at the time, I think that, I think that was right after, I, right, right afterwards, I was on my Free Dirty campaign, so. Free Dirty. <laughs> yeah. Free Dirty. Uh, another dude who, who did amazing on TV and went too soon. When that dude went and got his welfare check on MTV. Everything that's wrong about black people. <laughs> everything that I love about black people all rolled into one clip person. <laughs> <laughs> Goes to get his check in a limousine. And the whole time he's like, who wouldn't take it? It's free money. Like The concept that it's taxpayer dollars completely above him like As, fuck that it's free money especially when he's doing well with woo and he's making money with woo you know yeah. what why you don't, know, we don't know how much money he was making because yeah, you know back in the day them contracts were not always that lucrative for everybody yeah but um, once again his fan it's free money it 
who did we gotta end this show. We gotta end this show. God. Ah, chapter. <laughs> oh, another thing. So it's it's interesting you brought that up. Yo, man, I watched the um, Murder Inc. story. It's like five episodes. That in itself is also some pretty amazing, interesting. Some amazing shit. <laughs> like, I mean, I. I, you know, for some reason, I didn't realize Ja Rule went to jail. Yeah, and came out super swole. Yeah, I, I don't know. And then, apparently, apparently, Ashanti and uh, Ashanti and uh, what's his face had a relationship. Who Irv? Yeah, even though, as as Charlemagne and God says, the only time I heard that was from Irv. I was like, well, I don't think Ashanti is out here talking about she having sex with. Fat I mean, <laughs> I mean, you say what you want. It's just not a good look. Well, not even because he's fat. It's just not a good look because then it makes it look like that she slept her way into a deal. Why would she want to admit that? Even if, even if it's true, yeah. why would she come out and admit it? And I'm not saying it is true. I'm just saying if it was, why would she admit to it? And she was the only one from Murder Inc. who would not be interviewed for the special. They put why it there. She She's she trying was- to separate herself from that. Which is crazy, right? But I mean, it was it was a good story. It was a good. It's five hours, five episodes. I mean, I guess I didn't realize it. You were stopped in Georgia. <laughs> I don't know, man. Might have to be South Carolina because Georgia getting stupid down there. But yeah, man. I mean, all I'm gonna say, all these documentaries, all these, all this stuff coming out. Hey, we need to watch that shit, man, because. There's a lot of interesting stuff that comes from it. Um, you know, like, I understand, like, the whole court case where Irv got his brother. I did not realize. I realized he was found innocent. But I, for some reason, I didn't think, well, the government froze all his money. Froze all shit. his assets. So after he won, they unfroze it, but, you know, he had millions of dollars of legal fees to pay. Yep. And stuff like that. So he ended up broke. And I didn't know he was a, you know, that TV show on BET called Tales? Yeah. That's him. That's where I've got it. I didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. So yeah, he's back up on, you know, he's back up on that. So doing other stuff. But yeah, man. Another, I don't know if this, it's not in the documentary, but. Here's another Irv Gotti fact that a lot of people don't know. You know who's responsible for Pitbull? Irv Gotti. How so? Pitbull was doing his freestyle thing, and the first person to actually give Pitbull like some love was Irv. And Irv was like, yo, man, yeah, you can rap, but rapping don't sell songs. You got to get a hook. You got to get a gimmick. And Pitbull was like, yeah, that's when he started like putting together songs and trying to have hooks. Because he's like, before, he was just a dude that would just battle rap just go and rap and he's like Irv was the first person who was like hey a lot of, I know a lot of dudes that can rap can you make a song did you make a song and you just start making songs okay and this is 305 Pitbull basically like yo Irv Gotti is the person that basically introduced me to the fact that I make songs I mean Irv Gotti man smart dude man smart dude not yeah. an idiot not an idiot not at all you know you know Ja Rule and that fire fest yeah yes but that's a story for another day that's also a good documentary too. It's, it's kind of fucked up, but it's a good documentary, you know. But yeah, so that's why I'm saying, hey, watch some documentaries about 
just hip hop and all that. Educate yourselves, everybody. Educate yourself. And with that, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us on this episode of Five Minute Warning. You know, appreciate Moby for for being here. AG, hopefully we'll see him back next week. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell somebody about us. You know, once again, Sunday. Sunday evening is 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are here, whether it's one, two, or three. Our ass gonna be here to try to just, you know, give you something different to listen to. And um, once of course, thank everybody in the chat. Thank everybody who listens to us. And thank everybody who will be listening to us on the podcast. Um, yo, man, you know what we do. We will see you again next Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Peace, hair grease. Uh, damn it. You forgot your own clothes. I forgot my own clothes. Peace, hair grease. Damn it. I forgot the middle one. Wow. Don't, I don't, don't, don't have this, this, this is you, man. I mean, I thought you were trying to switch it up or something, man. Nah. Oh. Peace. Hair grease. So I done fucked it up. I don't remember what it is now. We're just gonna end up with Deuces. Damn shame. I know it's sad. Email us at five minute warning nineteen at gmail.com. And also leave comments on Facebook and Twitch. Search five minute warning. Contact us on Twitter at AG underscore FMW podcast at Nugeman25 at FMW2019. Contact us on Instagram, Moby 5-Minute Warning, AG underscore 5-Minute Warning, Nugeman25. You can listen to the podcast at Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Five minute warning.